Onyx Hunt is our go-to solution for anything mapping related, whether we're at the house or in the field, whether we're using the tracking feature in order to kind of figure out exactly where we're going in and out of the woods, to also implementing the new cell camera feature where you can actually link your different cell cameras that you may have from different brands and be able to get all those photos sent directly through the Onyx app where you can actually see them on your maps and be able to go through all your photos right there in one place. You can use the promo code SOUTHERN at checkout and save 20% on your Onyx Onyx membership. Onyx has been extremely helpful for us the last six years, and I'm sure it'll be helpful for you. So know where you stand with Onyx. Look, y'all know the drill. Good optics are a must, whether you're running a red dot sight on your turkey gun or you're running some binos this turkey season, or if you're shopping for a new rifle scope. Vortex Optics needs to be the first place you look. They got something for everybody, whether you're wanting to get some entry-level glass or if you're wanting top-of-the-line glass and really good stuff, they got that too. They also have an unbeatable VIP warranty. If something happens to your Vortex Optic, you can send it in. They will fix it or replace it. Best warranty in the business, bar none. Head on over to MidwayUSA.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN to get a discount on your order of any Vortex product. Again, that's MidwayUSA.com. Go use that promo code SOUTHERN. It'll get you a discount and it helps out the show. Meadow Creek Mounts is your go-to mounting option for red dots on your turkey shotgun. And one of my favorite features about this mount is you don't have to drill and tap your shotgun in order to mount a red dot onto your shotgun. I personally have used this mount the last two seasons and it's worked extremely well for me. One thing I personally like about it is because it's so low onto the barrel when it mounts to the rib of your shotgun, it allows for a very natural head positioning when shouldering your gun. Also an advantage of using a red dot compared to maybe just a traditional bead on your shotgun is you get a much more clear view of the turkey and you're able to kind of see what else is around there and making sure you're perfectly on that bird. Now if you're interested in giving Meadow Creek Mounts a try you can go over to the website MeadowCreekMounts.com and use the code SOUTHERN at checkout to be able to save 10% on your order. Now I'm a southern child, southern child down in Macon, Georgia. Everybody knows where I was born. You're listening to the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Now let's get to the episode. Welcome everybody to another outro for the Southern Outdoorsman podcast. I'm sitting here in the studio with Mr. Jacob Myers, the ginger bow hunter himself, the ginger rabbit slayer, ginger fish fryer, ginger fish fryer, the man of many names. We also got the former mustache of justice, not oh, just a beard, dude. JT Watkins. JT. How we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Definitely need to bring the mustache back, but get, and then <laughs> moving on over to uh, the old Killadilla coming in from the uh, virtual studio room. What's going on, Mike? Called FaceTime. Yeah, called FaceTime. Yeah. Yep. Uh, hey, what? what's that? You ain't got the mustache of justice anymore? No. No, I, I grew the beard back. Yeah, he's got a beard now. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> on FaceTime Mike's, Mike's. Yep. Okay Beautiful Nice, nice. Hey, I'll fresh... tell you what JT can grow a hell of a beard I got the fresh edge <laughs> Nice Have mercy Dude Just Yeah mm. Alright Hey <laughs> New format uh, This Happy outro, Friday Dropping on a Friday Happy Friday everybody You made it um, <laughs> You've made it So we're uh, We're doing turkey episodes Throughout the spring On Mondays your episodes on Wednesdays, outros on Fridays. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be the new format. These outros, we're going to discuss everything that we talked about earlier in the week. So right now, we're going to start with the deer stuff because Michael's uh, got to wake up early and it's already like 10 o'clock at night. So we're going to start with the deer thing and then we're going to we're gonna talk about turkeys for tomorrow 
at the end of this show, cover that episode that we did with them on Monday. Uh, a couple things I'll say. We just passed 2 million downloads. Thanks, everybody, for helping us out with that. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast if you're listening right now. Also, make sure that you share it with a buddy. Put it in a group text with all your buddies. Put it on Facebook. Share it in Facebook groups. Whatever you got to do, share it far and wide. Tell your grandma about it. Tell everybody, all right? That's the best way you could possibly help us is if you just share it with pretty much anybody you know who might be interested. Especially with the new turkey episodes. Especially the new turkey episodes. Just share it. That is a massive help to us. So that's what's helped us get to this point. So you guys make sure you go out and help us out with that. We'd really appreciate it. Now, kind of moving forward uh, on this, I guess, the first topic for this outro. Uh, Michael, uh, of course, we're going to have to discuss a little bit about this, uh, which was Kevin Tolis' episode that was on Wednesday, uh, all about hunting clubs and, again, kind of the ins and outs of what you should be paying attention to as you're looking to potentially join a club, which, Michael, you just told us you may have just selected a club that you're potentially going to be joining for uh, this fall. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um so, you know, we put the feelers out and, um, somebody, you know, I've had like several people message me and, uh, also my dad, he, he had a friend at work and it was actually, uh, up there in, in Jackson County. Um, and I was pretty excited about that one. Um, but I think this new one may have me a little bit more excited. So, uh, possibly depending on, I still don't have the the rest of my week schedule like after tomorrow so um i've already kind of made tentative plans to go and uh scout this property or at least go right around and look around at this property and um it uh it only has uh 20 members which is good uh 3,000 acres so it's, it's not bad it'd be over you know, a hundred acres, about 150 acres, I guess, you know, per person. So that's, uh, pretty good. It looks like it's, you know, pretty diverse. Um, I think there's a trophy club like that backs up to it. Uh, they said mature deer three and a half or older. I sent y'all some pictures last week, I think. Um, yeah, really impressive pictures. Yeah. You know, if that's what they have on camera, I mean, really impressive. There's a huge buck on camera that you, that, uh, you sent us from that club. Yeah, yeah. So um, they uh, they may have one other opening um, if either of either what, y'all. Uh, let, to, me, uh, let me ask, what's the dues? Um, eleven, I think eleven hundred. Uh, oh, that's not bad. I might. Hey, send me some more info on that. <laughs> So. It's gonna be outside your forty-five minutes, son. So that's too far away for you, there, old buddy. And all Andrew just comes up with excuses. He'd do it, bro. He would far do outside it. of it. Hey, he hey, would do so it. I wonder. Hey, I wonder how far it would be, like, you know, because y'all are house hunting right now. Mm. I wonder. Well, how that's far. The, that's the thing. You know, it depends on depends on where we end up. But should... right now, that really, I say the closest is like forty-five minutes. But to actually get to where I actually hunt is more like an hour, maybe an hour ten. It's forty-five minutes to hit the dirt you know, where we like to hunt. So, I mean, it's really not going to be that much different. I don't know. Um, I don't, I'm just curious. I'm, I'd like to see more about it. There's, there's, <clears throat> there's only one downside. Um, you know, we talked about trying to do a late season, find a late season club. And this, this one they're rutting in, uh, in December, uh, kind of late December. So, 
I think middle to late. So it would kind of kill your uh, your other place. So yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about it. But you know, I mean, that's not a bad price well, for that, especially well, if that's what you saw. And hey, another dynamic. I think Michael, maybe me and you talked about this one time. Uh, is what the people in the club do, you know, like the kind of hunting they do, what they might be getting on camera. Because um, I think the way that we were talking about it is like, man, if they're getting those kind of deer on camera, imagine what they're not getting on camera, mm. potentially. Right. And some of those right. overlooked spots, especially some of these really highly um, managed clubs, I guess you could say, the ones that do a, like a ton of food plot work and have like really nice infrastructure. A lot of those guys are staying right on top of that stuff. And, you know, if, if they've got some really nice manicured food plots and they've got just some slammers hanging out in the food plots, like, what's skirting the food plots? That's kind of yeah, like so, what I'm thinking. So, <clears throat> I ask a bunch of questions. You know, I get pretty in-depth with some of the questions. So, um, I started asking some questions, you know, like, what are the deer? What are the do's? How many members? You know, your general stuff starting out. And then we started getting into the nitty-gritty. How many food plots are there? There's um, almost 40 food plots. Um, I asked, uh, which for 20 members, there's going to be a lot of food plots that aren't even touched. Uh, there's no, um, let's see here. There's only like two or three people, I think, that bait. So not a whole lot of bait and, you know, pressure like where everybody's got all these bait stations all over the property. And um, most of the hunters are out of state. I think there's only two inside of the state. Um, but it is pretty it is pretty close, though, to um, the Georgia line. So, you know, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, they can hop across from, from Georgia. There's only like... Uh, two bow hunters um, the guy who I talked to plus uh, I think one other guy um, hold so, on well, I want to I want to break this down a little bit more Mike because I want to like ask you some specific questions that you talked to them about so it seems like you did a pretty thorough job about asking you know the food plots you know guys hunting styles that whole nine yards what are some like what's the setup on the property is this a pretty um, like a, a pretty this basic club, like there's no real quote unquote, like I said on podcasts, like amenities. Like, I mean, is there like, is there a clubhouse, no clubhouse? Is there camp, like a camping hook spot, ups. hookups, like any kind of stuff like that? Or is it pretty much like you just got a key to the gate and that's it? Yeah. Well, if, if y'all know me, like, you know that that's not really on my priority list. Um, like, I mean, I sleep out of my vehicle or out of the sleeping bag, like six months out of the year, just about. So like, I, I, didn't even ask about that because that's something I'm not really worried about. Um, so I, I wouldn't be able to help you out there, Jacob. No, all right. So on the on the property, is it pretty much like one large chunk, or is it like multiple different pieces? It's it's pretty much like one large chunk, but it's you know shaped in a way that it's it would be very similar to maybe like three different pieces i guess you could say just because of the way it's laid out there's a one large chunk um that but it's separated i think there's three different roads um that go through this property um 
Now, whether or not they're paved roads or, um, you know, or dirt, or dirt, dirt roads, I, I'm really not sure. Um, I'll have to look at the map just a little bit better and kind of zoom in to see if I can tell whether it's gravel or pavement or, or dirt roads. But uh, I think it'd be very difficult, you know, like for someone to uh, be successful as as far as spotlighting or anything like that, um, like we just talked about earlier, um, there is a decent amount of younger cutovers, at least in the uh, satellite imagery that I have. Um, so it looks like uh, it looks like there's a good bit of diversity. A lot of uh, different creeks run through it. Um, but most of it, it's very hilly, like almost like bankhead slash skyline type hills, it looks like. Not as steep as like skyline, but, you know, more that than like that other particular WMA that y'all don't ever like me mentioning. <laughs> hey, how did you uh, hear about this club? Because one thing that I asked Kevin that, uh, I mean, he kind of answered it, but was the question of, you know, how do you find clubs if you don't know people who are in a club or you're not associated with, like, I don't know, you're just not, you're not plugged into that, like, network yet. How do you find these clubs? I mean, how'd you find that one? You, uh, you are a co-host on one of the most popular hunting podcasts. <laughs> Game in the system, man. Game in just the like system. you. I just put the filler out. We just put the filler out and... You know, I, I didn't get that many. I only got like, you know, two or three different, you know, people reach out, you know, but he reached out and uh, they had two openings this season. So, man, people be reaching out so, to my, I didn't get any messages about it, man. Hey, you're not, you're not very approachable, Andrew. My, Mike's I guess very not. approachable. Well, yours, yours was very, very specific though, too. That's true. You're like, that's true. You're like, Within thirty or forty-five minutes of You're, my house, and, 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 well, that... Andrew's like Andrew's like I want one exactly within twenty-eight point three miles of <laughs> Birmingham, Alabama. It's got to have yeah. these, got to have these amenities. Yeah, these are my demands. These are his demands. He was, it was too complicated. Well, hey, if I'm going to join you a club, me, you're yeah. going to have to provide. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, driving oh, yeah. driving two hours, you know, isn't ideal, um, but it's something that you know. I mean, if it if it looks good, then you know I'll give it a shot. Yeah, yep. I'm, I'm kind of joining the club for different reasons too, though. So, so Mike, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this this area. So, of course, the uh, listener, uh, you know, got in touch with you. You know, one thing, Mike, you, you gotta have to you have to pay attention to, man. You, you got a <laughs> listener or two in that club, dude. You know, you talk so much about you know what you're doing in the fall, man. They're, 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 oh, they're, I already <laughs> already thought already thought like. We're, yeah, we're gonna have to do it like weeks behind or something on these updates. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Yep. So, hey, some places that uh, I've been looking for hunting clubs, and I don't know if y'all could like chip in on on the discussion of where to find them. But uh, for Alabama, at least, <sighs> you have certain people that lease land like Westervelt. We kept mentioning them. They probably have the only like good website, you know, where you can go look at leases. Uh, there's never any leases on there because they get bought up. But places like that, uh, Alabama Power, they do their their leases and stuff, which is already over. Their bids, yeah. By the time this comes out, because I was looking at I was looking at some. I found one. 
Walker County that I was like, man, ah, look good. It was pretty it was good. Good price. Too. It was like 124 acres for like the bid was like 2,300 bucks. That's not bad at no, all. No, it's not. It was like a, it was like a, whatever it came out to like a $13, $14 per acre. Yeah, but, but there was like, but a portion of it, it was probably like maybe like 40 to 50 acres. It was part of a reclaim, like a big mine reclaim. So it was like all that tall grass and everything. And just, it, it had one photo of it. I'm like, dude, there's, I bet you come the rut, there's some freaking hammers coming through that stuff. It's all, you know, chest high and uh, just uh, awesome. And then also I thought about from the dog standpoint, great place to go train, train mm-hmm. your dogs. Yeah. So, but they're, anyway, they're, they're, those old, those old strip mines, they really do have some really big deer out there. Um, I know a lot of hunters that were in clubs and old strip mines. And I mean, they, they kill some slammers in them and that Walker County area over there. I'm sure it's over there by like between like, uh, Birmingham and West Jefferson or around that area. Mm-hmm. It, it is always producing some really, really big deer. Yep, not many there, but there's some big giant ones. Um, yeah. Another thing that you'll find, like if you're kind of new to looking for leases and stuff, is there's there's a couple websites out there where it's like hunting lease finder or something like that. And at first you get on there, you're like, oh, that's pretty. Like they got like a map you can like pan around and everything. I don't know, but have I don't know if y'all have used those, but I'm pretty sure they're just like full of scammers. I haven't found anything worthwhile yeah, on I, any of those. I, I, I did some research. I found. Uh, can't remember the name of the, the uh, there's two, or, I mean, there's quite a few of these companies, or these, I guess you could say companies, these websites that's like, it's like a booking spot for like private leases, where it's like, mm-hmm. like a private landowner is trying to leak up property lease. Not like, they're not working with like bigger timber companies. Yeah. And they had one on there and like some of them on a couple of these different sites, they had like where you could like pay per day for access. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. Don't go, yeah. And then you had some that you could lease the whole place for like, you know, the whole season, whatever. Uh, and I saw a couple on there, there wasn't much because again, it's this point of the year, the one that was on there, it was like a eight or $9,000 lease, um, couple hundred acres. It was really good looking <laughs> stuff. It was just pretty pricey. And like, you can see people's comment threads on there. Mm-hmm. But like, Oh, it's just too much money for where it was at. But it was down, I think in Lyons County. Yeah. So, yeah. There was a dude who had like a, like a three acre beaver pond up around Decatur and he was trying to lease it or he was trying to sell duck hunts on it for like $500 a day. I'm like, do you realize where you're at? Like geographically? It is not in the prime flyway. No, not at all. Far from it. But yeah, I haven't had much luck on those. Um, Alabama Forest Owners Association, they've got a website. Uh, they list some leases on that from time to time. I don't know about Georgia and other places. Maybe some of the forums, like GON Forum, might have a, like a lease page or a club page. Um, other than that, dude, it is it is kind of hard to find that stuff online. Kind of like you were saying in the episode, it, if you find it on like Facebook or something, it's probably some low hanging fruit. Just keep that in mind. I mean, maybe that's kind of changing a little bit as you know more of this stuff gets uh, put on social media. Like some of these clubs see the value in trying to basically fill those spots in social media. But I would probably say that's still going to be the exception, not the rule. Yeah, so, you know, just well, keep that in mind. Also, say this: I feel like it's not always the case, but some of those clubs that you are paying, like like Mike, the one you're talking about, eleven hundred bucks, dude. Like that's a compared to a lot of other clubs, do with similar quality deer. Like that's a fuck that you know that's a drop in the bucket. It seems like a lot of those clubs that are like producing some of those better deer, uh, or have just less hunters, uh, you know, per acre or less members per acre, are like 
probably 15, 16, 17, 1800 pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm, like you, I think Ben, Mr. Benny was talking about Ben George. I think he was talking about the club being like three thousand, thirty one hundred dollars in Pickens County. Yeah. yeah, and it's like you know, for some guys, that's like nothing. Like okay, yeah, that's fine. Like you know, I'll pay three grand to have you know, you know, there's only a few guys on the property. You might be a couple thousand acres. You only have four or five members, six members. Um, but you know, you have a lot more kind of room to run and. And yeah. all that kind of stuff. It really just depends on the property. I mean, that property was nice. I ha- I actually got to hunt there a couple times. Uh, that's where me and Colton killed that really big hog that one time. And uh, that place, I mean, they killed some good deer on it, but it wasn't anything where I'm like, oh, I'm going to drive two hours over there and pay three grand to hunt it. You know, it, it was nothing that you can't find pretty easily on a WMA. But what you were paying for i feel like with that club was just the location of it and like the like the timber it was very unique it was like very swampy i think it was like on the sipsy river maybe um just like really gorgeous bottomland hardwoods just something like pretty rare like like you don't have a an opportunity to hunt a lot of times it's just really really a neat property so there's going to be some of that too like you're going to end up paying for some of that And, and one thing to think about too is if you're looking at these more high dollar clubs, what do they have to offer? Not necessarily in the deer world, just like do they have a lodge? Can you go for the weekend? Could you, you know, pack your stuff on Friday and not come home till Sunday night? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's one thing to to pay a thousand dollars and not have a lodge. Okay, you got to drive back and forth, but if you're looking at paying two, three thousand dollars, okay, well I want to be able to go for the weekend. Like I don't want to have to drive back and forth. I don't want to have to pay that plus gas every day to drive back and forth because there's nowhere to stay yeah and i mean too going back to club politics that that same club you know i mean you know benny he'll he'll go down there and he'll stay for a week you know he'll deer hunt in the afternoon he'll wake up the next morning and go go shoot up some wood ducks and then you know that that following afternoon he might squirrel hunt and then the morning after that he might deer hunt and he just kind of bounces around and uh they tried to make it to where he couldn't small game hunt so he just left the club yeah also they had a cabin down there him and Alan, yeah, they, they did had a little cabin. I stayed in that cabin a couple. So times. you know, that, like you said, you know, JT, it's like they had a place to stay too. Yeah, it's was, it was pretty nice. I mean, um, it, they had a great setup, like little campground there uh, on the main road. Good infrastructure, like get around the property. It had a lot of pigs, which you know some people seek out, some people really dislike. Get me away from them. Nothing. Yeah, I don't want them, but if they're there, I'll shoot them. So um, we went there to shoot some pigs, and that is what one, we did. One thing I'd like to mention back to what you were talking about a few minutes ago, which was, uh, you know, where to find some of this stuff. I think a lot of it, especially here in the South, a lot of it's just by word of mouth. Like, Hey, I'm in this hunting club. Hey, you know, if you ever have an opening come up, you know, let me know. And I mean, that's one of the best ways. Um, just word of mouth. I remember a Facebook page though. It was on my old profile you know, before I lost it, um, that I was on. And I know every spring they would have like all these different properties listed, like where you could join. And I will say that unless they're, unless they're starting like a new lease, like with, you know, a group of guys and they just want to add some members, like maybe they, the old, you know, hunting club lost, you know, lost out and, and they're acquiring it. Um, I, I'd be kind of a little bit wary of a whole bunch of members, them seeking a whole bunch of members. Um, cause I know there were a couple of hunting clubs on, on that Facebook page years ago and 
you know, they're looking for like six and eight members and uh, unless they've just got like, you know, 50 members or something like if you're looking for, I mean, like, like it was said in the podcast, I mean, that's kind of sending up red flags. Like why are there so many, you know, turnovers? Um, so yeah, I just saw most, a club like that a minute ago, like funny enough, when we were in there eating those fish tacos, uh, I, I ran over a club on Facebook that was like that. They were like, Hey, we're looking to fill five spots. We usually fill like 10 spots a year or something. I'm like, eh. Oh my God. So they had half a turnover. Yeah. That's crazy. Now, hey, I'll tell you another thing that is something to pay attention to is, um, you know, when you're, if you're talking to somebody about a club and all this kind of stuff is like, of course, find out the details, you know, what is the property being specifically used for like is it specifically like a deer hunting club or like andrew said in the, in the episode with kevin you know are they running you know dogs out there uh for rabbits which again you know maybe maybe or may not affect you uh depending on like what your thoughts are depending on how big the property is yeah some people like won't mind i mean really i think it probably just affects the people more than the deer yeah you know but it's like figuring out that kind of use haze or a gun range on the place or guys gonna be out there just go down to the club just to go shoot for the hell of it, like I saw one club, um, it was down in Lowndes County, the one I mentioned in the episode that had like a the camp house, walk-in cooler, like seven full hookups for RV and all that kind of stuff, and they had a gun range on the property. I think they, it's like twenty three hundred acres. And they had a gun range, but you could only use the gun range from the hours of ten to two, I believe, um, and they don't allow driving on the club uh, with any motorized vehicles outside the hours uh, before daylight, uh, and then uh, from 10 to 2. That was it. That's the only time you could be driving on, on the actual property. <clears throat> so, you know, there's different things like that to pay attention to. But also, I'll say this. Some of these clubs might be looking for members when they do price increases. Um, and the reason why this is the case, because they're trying to get some members – this is the politics of it. They're trying to get some members out because maybe those members – just follow the bare necessities of say like you know eight point uh, like eight point restriction regulation on a place. Mm-hmm. Or maybe these guys are shooting you know year and a half to two and a half year old deer that have you know potentially some really good genetics, but they're shooting young deer just because it's legal instead of like you know, like hey there might be you know a lot more three and a half four and a half five and a half year old deer to shoot. They're shooting a younger deer and guy and I've seen clubs. My uncle's in one of those clubs. They're strategically every year going up like a couple hundred bucks. Just to try to price, unfortunately, just not saying I agree with it. Club politics. Price certain people out of the club so they can't afford it and then replace their position with someone who can financially pay for it. That's going to, you know, have a have their same mantra or mindset or whatever when it comes to what they want out of the club. Like, yeah, it's eight point or better, but they're going to want to put age restrictions and all this kind of stuff on there. So mm-hmm. you'll see that happen too, especially like if you see somebody like, oh, I've seen a couple of posts. Oh, you know, we had a price increase, you know, had a couple of spots come open. To me, that's not like a bad thing. Like, okay, well, you know, there's something going on there. Like while they were trying to get those people out, that's why they're changing that pricing. But that is kind of like the dirty thing behind some of those clubs is, you know, if they don't like some of the people in the clubs and the president, like, oh, well, we're just going to keep raising prices until they can't afford it. So that's a very good point. Politics. A lot of club politics. It's like I mentioned that in the podcast, my uncle's club that he's in, which is a freaking dynamite club, to be honest. And if he had more time to hunt it, which he's about, he's going to, he has a lot more time to hunt now. Um, you know, you could, I mean, it's an area they're killing. I mean, they killed one deer this year. It was an eight point, And I think it scored. I don't know if there's an official score, but Russ scored like 141, like a huge deer. And uh, also the same guy that shot that the year previously shot like 163 inch deer. Actually, he's a listener to the podcast. Uh, actually, he works with JT. 
He's in your department. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's in your department. He knows you too. Huh. Uh, <laughs> I'll be dang. Yeah. I'm so okay. he's been holding out on you on a good on a good club, but uh, they're taking uh, they're taking members. A little bit down south. No, 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 down. Uh, uh-uh, uh. Uh-uh. No, it's here. Like close, like real, like from your house, probably twenty minutes north. Hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you more details afterwards. He's been holding out. It's a good. It's a really. JT, good, the wheels are turning. It's a really, really good. Said, I'm just trying to think about who it could be. I went dove. I went dove. Oh, I know who he is. Never mind. Yeah, yeah I know he is. Uh, you know, he just bought his own property. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him. Yeah, because that was down. I think he's uh, Columbiana or someplace like that. Uh, it is in Wilsonville. Wilson. No, that's all the same. That's all. Psh, all the same area. He's got his own personal property now, and uh, he's got a ton of deer from what I understand from talking to yep, him. Same guy. Yeah, because he showed me that place because we were looking at on the uh, on the maps. It's, it's a cool property. He's got that, you know, got a power line. You know, it's always nice when you get a power line on the old property. So, uh, but yeah, it's super cool. But yeah, anyways, that guy. So he killed an absolute giant, I think it was two years ago in this club. And then I think it was this year. I think he was the one this year that killed that the real, <coughs> the big eight point. But yeah, so I mean, the, the whole aspect of like some of these clubs, this is kind of crazy. Um, you know, what what someone might do to try to get somebody else out of there. You know, if, if small game is something that's important to you, definitely find out beforehand because that's just not something that you're going to want to figure out after you join a club. Hmm. Uh, you know, and a lot of guys, I mean, guys are leasing land a lot of times because of four deer. I mean, there's just not a lot of guys who are like, oh, I'm going to go get me a squirrel lease or a rabbit lease or something. That just doesn't happen. No. Uh, so... You know, whether it be you're going to go squirrel hunt or maybe you have bird dogs, maybe you're going to go try to do some kind of upland hunting with them. Maybe you're going to try to shoot ducks off a swamp or something you got on your property. Or maybe, you know, hey, like the guys we hunt with, deer season goes out, you got a pack of beagles or you know somebody with a pack of beagles that you can bring in there every weekend and rabbit hunt. Make sure you can do that before you join a club if that's something that's important to you. That's something to be aware of where people might not realize they like there's clubs that they just don't let you do that at all. So speak about that with the dogs. That club I was talking about in Lowndes County, they had like the whole clubhouse and everything. Mm-hmm. Specifically in their rules and regulations, they actually had their own website. Crazy enough, but it's, it's a club been around for like forty something years. Probably easy to find if someone went to go look for it. It specifically with the lease through the timber company they lease through, you cannot hunt on that property with dogs. Period, at all. Bert did like no dogs. No period. dogs whatsoever. No dogs in a track. That, I don't know, but it, hunting. I mean, if you're not hunting, if you're tracking, I, I think that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But no actively hunting with dogs on that property, period, for any game. Yeah. So, because I'm like, dude, don't get me a little, sometime in the future, get me a little uh, squirrel dog, a little feist, dude. Oh, that'd be so Of fun. all other dogs, like, dude, I mean, I wanted some other dogs, but like, that would get me in the squirrel woods way more if I had a squirrel dog. Mm-hmm. Like, God. Yeah. That's, you talk about fun. Listen, JT, you can tell you, talk about fun time. You're chasing around a little dog, dude, treeing squirrels, and you're out there with a shotgun or 20, well, probably a shot. Well, I don't know. You get them with the 22. They, they start running. You, hey, it's fun with the 22. It is, but not when they start running. Then you're like, oh, crap, now I wish I had a shotgun. Kevin Murphy's over there yelling at you, getting mad at you for missing stuff. He's got here too. Or like he's got his old Savage. Uh, it was a two-barrel, 22s on top, 20-gauge on the bottom. Mm. Uh, Savage, mm. I forgot what the model was. He had one of those, and he he didn't bring it with us. But I was like, that would be the the setup, oh, so dude. You run, you run your twenty two for your precision shot, and then if it starts running, you got the twenty gauge. And you yeah. you better be a you know one shot. I want cap. that. I want that freaking ten twenty two he had when we hunted with us. Uh, no, 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 no. Ten twenty two or the CV CZ. No, is it Ruger ten twenty two with like the what's it called that long stock like a man liquor stock uh, the, or something? Uh, yeah, it starts with M. Oh, us short guys don't need those. 
<laughs> I got short reach. I don't need that. No, no, no. It's just it, it's the the wood. It's a wood. The stock. wood extends all the way all the way to the, 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 end the, end of the barrel. Oh, to, to the barrel. I thought you were talking about like a long reach. You know, no, 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 no. It's the fore the fore end. That was one of the forehand is long. That was one of the coolest guns dude it must balance guns just easy to hit with yeah. just really fun really fun gun to shoot um a cool gun too conversation piece you know get your yeah. buddies out in the squirrel woods they're like man what's that I've it's just not a, something you see a whole lot of i've shot a 22 mag that had a boyd stock on it mm-hmm. and that was a very balanced weapon yep you know that that heavier stock on that lightweight round but get, just kind of getting back to all this guys so um you know, it's just there's a lot of club politics like that, and that's like one of the ones that you see people dealing with. Is again, they're trying to price people out for whatever reason. They don't want them in the club, and then that opens up you know potential opportunity for you to join. Um, and also, another thing I was gonna bring up the aspect of when you've been in enough clubs and you have like a like a a, a known not personality, but like people know of you and they know of you like they think when they think of you like kind of think of you like in high regards. Like being a solid member, you have people reach out to you about other club openings potentially in other areas. Uh, I'll give you an example: Ben George, um, who we've been rabbit hunting with freaking all the time now. He uh, he told me that he had a guy reach out to him that was put in contact. I don't know if that guy had hunted with Ben in the past in a club, or he had been put in contact from somebody else that's hunted with Ben, but about an opening for like a premier club up on the um, Tennessee River. No, not Tennessee River. What's the uh, Tom Bigby River. There oh, you go. Oh wow! And I've told you about this one. And it had they did they do duck hunting on it. It's a big property. It's a pretty high dollar lease. They kill some really big deer, but they do a ton of small game. They duck hunt on the place because it's on the river and Vaguely everything. I remember it now. And uh, and he's like, just you know, want to let you know we got a membership. We'd love to have you on. And like sometimes that happens too. And I've heard like other guys, like my, one of my uncles, he's been in a ton of clubs too. And it's like when you people know that hey, you do everything right, and you're like you're a good member to have. And people hunting with you in the past, you come up in conversation like, "Hey, let's reach out to blah 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 and, and see if they want to join." Yeah, dude, it's it's almost like like getting a job or something. I mean, all about the networking. It's all about the networking, and it's like most jobs are filled internally. You know, they they never post that out there. They're they're hiring somebody who they already know or, or like or on a referral basis. Uh, so it's never making it to like ZipRecruiter or, or LinkedIn or whatever. The same way with a lot of these clubs. A lot of times these nicer clubs they don't have to go to facebook they don't have to join these like kind of crappy weird internet lease sites or anything like that because of exactly what you're talking about so you know getting out there and networking with some people whether that be you know through social media or through some kind of event near you i mean go to a quail forever banquet go to a uh, nwtf banquet uh turkeys for tomorrow banquet now that they're starting to do they had their first one yesterday in opelika alabama um so You'll give them a little shout out right there. So we're going to talk about turkeys for tomorrow in a minute. Uh, but yeah, go, I mean, go to events like that and meet people and network. I mean, that's a good way to get your foot in the door, I guess. I mean, if, if you never start, you're never going to get involved with it. I mean, you got to you got to start somewhere. Even if you don't know anybody at all, going to one of those events is probably a pretty decent way to meet some folks and, and just start making some connections and asking around. Just say like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to find a club and go from there. See where it takes you. Yeah, like I know there was a club uh, a little bit south of here down in the uh, the Jemison area that one of the guys that I work with was a member of and one of the guys on my shift got the open spot just because of communication. Like, hey, I'm in a club now. I don't really like it. I want to get out. Oh, we got an opening. Come be a guest. See if you like it kind of deal. Mm.
When you think turkey calls, think of Houndstooth. Houndstooth Game Calls is a company based right here in Alabama, actually based out of Tuscaloosa, and they have been making some of our favorite turkey calls since 2012. Y'all head on over to their website, see what they got. They got a little something for everybody. They have a huge selection of different mouth calls, different cuts, different read configurations. I like to go on there and get five or six different mouth calls and just run them, see which ones I like the most. You know, some days I might like the KB Hen, some days I might like the Ghost Cut. Some situations I might like the Country Girl Call, you know, that I can cut on really hard where on other situations I might like the all pro that I can get a little bit softer on. Bottom line, there's something for everybody and something for every situation. And hey, you can get 15% off of your order at Houndstooth Game Calls by using the promo code SOP24. That's SOP24. Use that promo code. It'll get you a discount and it helps out the podcast. As deer seasons come to a close for most of us in the southeast, this is when you really got to start paying attention when we start getting these warmer temps for a lot of these insects. It was actually kind of crazy. We were out hunting a couple weeks ago with the dogs, and we got into a bunch of ticks in a day that it was just two days before everything was froze up and iced up. But make sure you're protecting yourself and your family with Sawyers. Everything from the best insect repellents, especially their DEET products, but also the Precaritin products for protecting yourself from ticks, mosquitoes, all kinds of flying insects as well, but also their water filtration devices, first aid kits, and more. Sawyer's has you covered. You can pick up Sawyer's products from a lot of your sporting goods stores, whether you have a local sporting goods store or one of the big box stores like a Bass Pro Shop or even like a Walmart. You can pick up your Sawyer products from there. Again, we've truly enjoyed using Sawyer products. And again, as we head into the springtime, it's going to be more and more important, especially with the insect repellents, to make sure that you're well protected going into this springtime. So give Sawyer's a chance going into this turkey season. You know, we've had a, a legendary outdoor store here in Birmingham called Mark's Outdoors for the last 40 years. Family owned and operated, absolutely a staple in the hunting community here. And we're excited to announce that they have gone national with their e-commerce. So no matter where you're at, you can go get access to all the awesome gear and awesome deals at MarksOutdoors.com. We got a link in the description for them. They've actually got some of our favorite ammo. They have an excellent ammo selection, excellent knife selection, excellent firearm selection. Y'all can go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Everything you need from apparel, archery, firearms, ammo, reloading, gun cleaning, and fishing. They have an unbelievable fishing department. And hey, if you are local or if you're passing through Birmingham, drop on into Mark's Outdoors. Head on over to the bow counter to Mark and Robbie and tell them that we sent you. Once again, that's MarksOutdoors.com, or you can go hit the link in the description of this podcast to check them out. Yeah, I like your whole idea, or like the concept of like doing like a doe hunt someplace, and like, hey, either contacting a club directly, like, hey, if y'all need a doe killed... You know, love to come out and, you know, potentially join, look to join your property after the season closes. You know, if y'all have an opening and love to see and come out there and shoot a doe. Uh, I, I never thought about that, but I can see how that could work. But also, you know, going as a guest, like, hey, if you're interested in a club, go as a guest. Like I told, you know, Mark Smith, uh, that club he joined, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I you know, I was talking about potentially, like, hey, listen, I don't know what your guest policy is, but love to come out there and do a walk around or something with it and, and see that place. Uh, just because I think it's got you know it's got potential and everything else. Um, oh, we know it's on it. Yeah, no, I know. I, know. Know I was trying. I'm trying to downplay it a little bit. Trying to downplay it, but it's uh, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those places. You, then they like, they got a, that club got a ton of new property. I think they added like another, I think it's three thousand acres. It's a big. It's a big club. I think they don't hold me to. I think they're like between five to eight thousand acres total. Yeah, and uh, that's at, kind of the new property they just added to it. And it's like, you know, they had to take a ton of new members on. So that that's another thing that that's another thing to be asking questions about. If you're looking at a club and that, hey, they are taking on five, six, seven new members, 
ask them, like, what is the reason why? Did you have a lot of people drop out, or did y'all just pick up a ton more property that you just had to have members? Because they had to pick up more property. That's not, I don't see that being an issue at all. No, yeah. needing more members because you picked up more property, in my opinion, is a good thing. Well, okay, you picked up more property, the club's growing. Now you need more members because you have to fund some of that. That That is a reasonable reason why you would want to add people. Have y'all ever heard of anybody negotiating pricing on a club where like they're like, hey, like they're in a pinch? Like, hey, dude, when it's fifteen hundred bucks, what did I? You know, it's getting down to the wire. They got to pay that lease, and they don't have the money. Instead of doing like fifteen hundred, like, hey, dude, I'll give you thirteen hundred, dude, join the club. If they don't have anybody else, I, I know somebody's done that before. Really? And like haggled with the club, yeah, because they didn't have the money, and like they had it was coming down to the the week of them having to pay for the lease, and if they didn't have it paid, they weren't going to get the lease, and they couldn't <coughs> they couldn't extend the uh, the the payment dates, whatever. And he freaking was like, no. Nope. Haggled him up. He's like, dude, I'm not, I won't pay X amount. I'll, I'll give you this amount. And, and then he'll come out, you know, do work days and everything. They're like, okay. And he saved like three, 400 bucks yeah. doing that. So I'm, not, some, I'm not saying do that. <laughs> I know some clubs, they don't. And it's something to ask if, if you're wanting to get into a more expensive club, but you don't necessarily want to spend the money right off the rip. I know some clubs will do a, hey, if you'll give a $500 deposit because they – they may budget for bait or for seed or for something else that they need the money for later, but they need X up front. You make him pay the deposit or like a portion of it and then pay the rest of it later. I know some clubs do that. Yeah, the club I was looking at, I, I just, because I read through this whole lit, the whole like uh, requirements <coughs> on this one club in Lowndes County, they did the same thing by the, by uh, January 30th. You had, if you were an existing member, you had to pay your deposit, which it didn't say what the deposit was for like the next year. Um, you had to pay it by that date. If you didn't pay it by that date, then it would go open to like whoever paid. He's like, if you didn't pay by that day, it didn't guarantee you a slot for next year. Um, and same thing for new members, anyone that was looking into getting into this club, they would start taking new deposits starting the 30th of January. Um, and you know, depending <coughs> on what spots came open, that's what, who would be filled is people that already had deposits. Cause it, it's very, I, I've learned this just seeing it from the outside a lot of these clubs are very transactional. Like they're like, if you get the money, they're like, they're moving forward. Let's go. Like, it's not, they don't really care about the relationship or anything like that. It is truly like, let's get the money. Let's get sold. Good. Great. We'll get you a key. Come on out. That, it's like super, super like, it goes from like, Oh, I founded this club to, you know, within a day deposits in and there you go. You're a member. Let's like, make sure we keep the land. Yeah. That's like, how they're at. It's like, it's in a, if we don't, if we don't cover X amount by a certain date, we're at risk to lose the land. Yep. So that's something. Hey, that that club you mentioned with Mark, mm-hmm. that's a good example of one. Even before they picked up that land, they got they have quite a few members in that club. It's a big club, but they they have a lot of members. And uh, I was talking to him about it, and I've known him for years, and you know I trust his opinion and everything. I was kind of asking him about it. And uh, about what kind of pressure everything gets. And he's like, man, people have their food plots. He's like, everybody in that club, they got their food plot. That's what they hunt. And that's just kind of how they do it. And for me, that I mean, that club's pretty attractive to me for that reason. Because because I know what's there as far as I've hunted land all around it. And I've, I've seen the kind of bucks that it produces. I've seen the kind of bucks that have come off that property. And... Uh, you know, if everybody's on that place and they, they just have their food plot and they're not really getting in the woods, kind of like what Kevin was talking about, they just don't get in the woods. Well, I mean, there's a lot of unpressured ground that you kind of have free reign over. If you're willing to walk into some stuff and, and just put a little bit of distance between yourself and a road or a four-wheeler trail 
where these people in the club aren't really wanting to go. And that that's why I, that's one reason I'm attracted to a club this year. Um, I would join that one, but I mean, uh, it's no shorter of a drive than I already have. I don't yeah. want to say too much, well, but I mean, there's no there's no point in me joining it. Well, no. Well, the thing is that brings up a question. I'm going to bring it in just a second, real quick. So Kevin told us his first episode he did with us, which is like his strategy for like finding, locating, and killing really good deer on hunting clubs that are just going under the nose of, you know, other members. It's episode two, 206. Again, episode 206, Finding and Hunting Big Buck Sanctuaries with Kevin Tullis. And that's exactly what he talks about. He talks about finding, you know, hunting all these different clubs and having a method to his madness on finding and locating, again, where into that club he can get to and finding these unpressured deer or these these pockets of non of like limited pressure that these bucks are moving during daylight. Like he talks a lot about hunting roads, like inside the clubs, not like not like county roads or anything like that. But like when you have like a logging trail that guys are using rather four wheelers up and down, a road system on the club behind the gate, finding areas like he talked about, and I think it was this episode talking about like finding areas short ponds where nobody really thinks about like, oh man, there's no food plot there and all this kind of stuff, but cutting big tracks, crossing multiple times across that road and then setting up in a spot where you can shoot the road uh, when it's safe or getting just off the edge of it where you can look into like whatever's around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, again, doing stuff like that to be successful. So again, that's episode 206. Now brings up the question that I want to talk about. And I kind of wanted to bring this up with Kevin, but I kind of wanted to save it there for the outro was why, Andrew, like what, about a club like why do you want to join a club like you've been hunting this public land for so long what is your reason for wanting to join a club and jt i'm going to ask you next just from your perspective uh first and foremost and the re- this is the reason i'm so <laughs> specific with it is uh just something that's closer to the house where like in turkey season i can get up and i can drive within 30 minutes and be there and get like a quick morning hunt in or i cannot wait till we get you full time bro you just drive wherever you want to go yeah, honestly. But guys, just keep sharing the podcast. Share the podcast. Day. Keep sharing the podcast, and we'll get Andrew to go full-time. Yeah. Right, Please. Keep going. Keep going. Please. Um, so, yeah, uh, get something closer to the house. I can I can get to it easier to hunt it more. Um, it's just not such a such like a thing to go over there and hunt. It'll allow me to hunt more with, like, the limited time I have. But also kind of like what we're talking about with Kevin. You know, if I could find a, a good property that has – and this is kind of icing on the cake. Like, if, if this club over here is, like, halfway decent, I'm probably just going to join it. Uh, I mean, if it has turkeys on it, I'm probably going to join it. It really comes down to that. I know it's got deer. Like, I don't know if it has, like, the biggest deer, but, you know, it's easy for me to hunt, and it'll equate more time in the woods. And, you know, as long as they let me take my dog out there, I'm going to do a lot of dog training on it, too, where I go out there and train, like, with birds, because you can't do that on, like, public land anywhere. Uh so, I mean, those are just a couple of reasons. But, yeah, mostly have it close to the house, but I'm also very eager to get in and try some out of the outside-the-box stuff because one thing we've talked about on here a whole bunch is when you get in clubs, a lot of times you're got the majority of your guys who are paying money to be in clubs are paying money for four-wheelers, they're paying money for this, feeders, this and that. A lot of them aren't you know, diving off into thickets. They're not doing the kind of stuff that we typically do. And growing up in clubs, the kind of guys who did that stuff, did the stuff that, that we always talk about doing, they always had incredible success. They're hunting right behind the, the skin and shed. They're hunting right behind the pennant station. They're hunting right by that first gate. They're hunting in the in the short pine thicket, you know, that you have to drive through to get to the good stuff. Uh, they're hunting, like, the weird outside-of-the-box stuff, and everyone thought they were, like, crazy. And they were always the ones that 
killed the nice bucks. So part of me is also like, man, I wonder if I could replicate that and just go out there and kind of use some woodsmanship, use some stuff I've picked up over the years and see if I can kind of play off their pressure a little bit on the food plots, catch the buck skirting the food plots, catch, catch them skirting this, skirting that, you know, hunting around the check station, or I'm so used to saying check station, skin and shed, or whatever the case is at your club. Uh, just stuff like that's pretty intriguing to me to just see how I would do with it. But So, so those are kind of my reasons, but what about you, JT? Uh, I, I want to get into a club again, but I want to do it with somebody that has the same mentality. So, like, one thing about the clubs I've been in is nobody had that mentality of I want to go somewhere else. I want to go to this area and dive deeper than just what is already there. So, that's why I think if, like, we got in the same club, it would be a great time. But I also, I like the security of it. Um, You know, you, you can, with my schedule, I'm not always available to rifle hunt the public land hunts. Mm-hmm. just doesn't work for me. That's a good point. Like this year, every rifle hunt fell on a weekend I worked. So I didn't get to rifle hunt at all this year. Versus if you're in a club, oh, it's Tuesday, I'm off. I could go rifle hunt. Mm-hmm. Not that it, not that that's like a huge deal, because I enjoy bow hunting. But at the same time, if you, if you need meat, which me and my fiance, that's all we eat is venison. So therefore, if I want to go shoot a doe because we need meat, well your odds go up when you have a rifle in your hand. It's man. I'm, man, I, once rifle season comes in, it's real hard for me to pick that bow back up. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> no, and that's true. So, But, you know, that's perks to being in a club is you can rifle hunt the entire rifle yep. season. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just have certain days where it's, oh, well, you know, and this sucks. And I'm, this is like very nice. something specifically. I'm not going to say specifically for Alabama, but specifically for us and where we hunt. You know, we don't hunt a lot of national forests, so – when we're hunting public land in Alabama, like all the management areas have designated times you can like in days throughout the whole season that you can hunt with a firearm. Mm-hmm. It's about be three days here this week, and then it skips two weeks, and then it's two days here, and then it's two days, and you know <coughs> it keeps doing that. So well, yeah. even national forest has doe days with rifles. About saying, and, and on you got top like of 15 that, fifteen days you can shoot does with a rifle. And on top of that, most WMAs it's like one stretch of a four day weekend. Is a doe weekend. You can't even. Other than that, you can't shoot does with a rifle. You have it's either a bow or you're shooting a buck, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yep. So, so yeah, no, I agree. That's kind of the way I look at like joining a club. Is like, yeah, you can go hunt public land if you, if you want, of course, like like always. But it's like if you wanted, say, an area that like really, it to me, it comes down to like that opportunity, like especially for the guy that like wants to either you know he wants to put in food plots, he wants to. Um, you know, hunt more, especially talking Alabama here with a very long firearm season, hunt more of the firearm. He wants a place to take the kids. Easier access would probably be another thing where it's like not so rugged and hard to get into like some of these spots. Hey, yeah. And again, going back to the gun day thing, it's a gun day. You ain't going to wake up at (laughs) two 30 in the morning. Yeah. To go sit at the gate and wait for daylight uh, for four hours. That Okay. Back to this club. I was talking about in Lyons County. They have a specific rule that you are not allowed to go like to the pinup board or whatever and check in like where you're going to go before 5 a.m. Oh, wow. So like it, you cannot check oh, in. Some before, brawls at the pin and box. I know it before 5 a.m. So I bet you there's still guys probably sitting there like 4.30 drinking their coffee, like, you know, getting oh, like yeah. first dibs because it's like they're, they're, they broke theirs down to like sectors. Like, mm-hmm. you know, one, two, three, all the way. It's like however how big. Sure, it's an honor system of some sort, though, once you're at the – like it, you may not be able to go to the pinning board until that time, but like if you were there at 4 
and somebody rolled up after you, I'm sure they probably still on like, the, hey, you're here earlier. You'd you hope, get, unless you get some you politics, get bro. Like, oh, yeah, seniority. Hey, back. yeah, I got the the last club I was in, quote unquote. <coughs> that's what happened to me. Pin, pin out box drama. That's what that's what I got out of it, and I haven't been back in a club since. But, again, it's just, you know, some of those different things. So, uh, y'all have anything else about the whole club aspect? No, I mean, I could go on and on about it. Uh, I, I think hopefully this helps some people out uh, when it comes to hunting clubs. I mean, it can be a little bit of a confusing subject, I guess, um, especially if you're like a newer hunter and you're looking for something other than public land. Maybe you just want something kind of like what we're talking about. It can definitely be kind of an intimidating thing because it's not like, it's not like you're like leasing a car or something, you know, where you Google it and you find find whatever car you want and you lease it. I mean, it's just not like that. It, it takes it takes a lot of effort to find a really good property and a lot of networking. So, yep. uh, hopefully, it helps oh, people out. I'll say another thing. I thought more and more about this. I thought for a while, like, oh, maybe so cool <laughs> if we all like lease a property to go hunt. But then I'm like, I don't nothing against y'all. I don't want to be in a, a club where it's just like us on a smaller property because like we're all going to hunt like super aggressive and stuff. Yeah, we're going to hunt the I same know. I'm stuff. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, dang, I don't we're need to... We're going to end up hating each other. I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but, but no, for real, but I was like, man, you know, if we all are in a big club where there's, hey, there's 25 members and there's, you know, 3,000 acres or whatever, that would be totally different because then we like team up and just, I mean, just but go We're to also going to narrow it down. To I like, would do we're, that. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to hunt like the... We're of that three thousand acres. There's going to be like a hundred acres that we're actually going to key in on that are not pressured. Uh, I know two or three clubs. I would do that right now. Exactly. Like I would. I would get all of us to join it. It'd be so freaking fun, dude. Yeah, so if, you had, so if fun. you had a hundred acres, the thicket we, crickets, bro. We roll in. Yeah, that's it. We we'll have the thicket like, cricket sticker on the back of the truck. Oh, dude, we'll be like Wes and everyone. We'll have like our shirts. You know, they got the Wolfpack shirts. We're thicket we're, crickets. We're gonna have the thicket cricket shirts. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have somebody make that next week, dude. Yeah, let's do now, it. Now we, do it. now we got the hookup. We figured it out. Who? who huh? Huh? We got the, the that that thing we're using for the, oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, we found the we found the thing we found some graphic designer source for t-shirts yes um we found them yeah because we're gonna come up with a thick cricket shirt which is gonna be pretty sweet uh, all right real quick because we need to wrap this up because I got I gotta be up in a couple of hours you know JT's about to go work out at two thirty in the morning. Jacob's going to go work out at 6 a.m. in the morning chasing them swamp rabbits. Yeah, Jacob gonna... needs to go to the gym with you me right? at 2.30 in the morning. You, you're probably right. Pound but... and four fish tacos. Four hey, fish pound t- four fish tacos, go grab a shot of pre-workout, and let's go. Ooh, that let's sounds, roll. That sounds so good right now, though. Ooh. A little caffeine jump. Mm. But no. Um, no, so turkey's for tomorrow. Uh, I want to get over to that. TFT. I, so TFT, I was, listen, going into that podcast from Monday, I did not know, I really did not do any research i haven't done really any research on turkeys for tomorrow since their existence i just knew they were out there i knew there was something to do with the research based and that they were just another non-profit organization did not know anything about it. i told those guys I told chase and jim up front i was like i don't know anything about y'all that's the point of this conversation i want to learn more about you guys along with the listeners and that's exactly how i was asking questions specifically i think you were kind of the same thing i don't think you've done this a ton of research I, on them. i'd heard about them um i just talking to various people over time you know talking about who they are i know a lot of people that know them like know some of their founding members uh, and so i i've known about it in that capacity but I, I really hadn't done very much research on them at all well i again when we kind of get into the conversation i was thoroughly impressed uh not only with kind of like the the formation of turkeys for tomorrow but also just like the work ethic and also just the overall goals for, you know, the organization. Uh, and, and just, again, it's just, you know, from the ground up funded by, you know, people just like us that 
you know, truly want money to go specifically into research, um, you know, to focus on the wild turkey. Uh, you know, it, that's the one thing I found that really interesting about them is like they are only so focused on the research aspect. You know, they're not, you know, you know, NWTF does a really good job. National Wild Turkey Federation, again, great organization, been doing great work for a long time. But they do so many different things, so many different programs they've got going on. TFT is just solely focused on just the research and then getting that research over to, you know, different people's hands uh, once it's been published and get it out there to the people to educate people on truly, you know, what are some of these causes uh, for these turkey numbers to be dropping and also what can be done from us as hunters and, you know, conservationists to make sure there's wild turkeys for us in the future to hunt and that population is still, you know, a huntable population and thriving. Yep. Asking the right questions. That's kind of the way they, they described it is, uh, we got to ask the right questions, then we got to have the people who can take our answers that we end up getting from these studies, break it down, and basically share it with people in a way that can be understood uh, in layman's terms. Because, again, we're not just going to sit down and read like a whole giant scientific paper on any of this stuff just because that's impractical. I mean, no, nobody has time for that. We're all busy. Um, so I, I'm pretty encouraged by it. I hope that they take off. I mean, I, I think that's... Really what the turkey hunting community probably needs is is uh, an, an organization like that that's going to focus on science and it's going to focus on getting information out with stuff that they can prove. Again, similar to Dr. Chamberlain, who I think is doing a really great job uh, because you know if you don't if you don't know what the problem is there's no way you could possibly fix it mm-hmm. yeah and, and that's the, that's the thing that's kind of I feel like where we're at with, with turkeys right now. Nobody knows what's really going on. And that makes it hard for everybody. That makes it hard for us to accept regulation changes uh, that might not have, like, quote-unquote, solid science behind them. Uh, that also makes it hard for them to implement regulations, you know, if they don't really know what is causing whatever decline might be happening. Uh, so, I mean, it's just it's just a bad cycle all the way around, and I feel like we just we need a, a, a stronger showing in that area as far as science goes i guess yeah absolutely yeah i saw today uh one of my people i follow on facebook uh lives in northeast georgia uh no i'm sorry northwest georgia and he said he went out scouting big turkey hunter and went out scouting he said it was the first time in like ever how many years he's gone out and not found any turkey sign period not heard a turkey not seen any sign period after covering a ton of miles he's like normally you know a few years ago he'd come up here you know five six years ago to come up there and you know it'd be nothing even in february on a, on a warmer morning to hear five, six, seven birds goblin, but also like find the flocks, find the sign, find the scratching. He's like, there was no sign, period, in the areas that he'd been going to. And he's like, this is areas I've been hunting for a long time. He's like, I don't know if they're just not in this area and they just moved on to something else. But he's like, I've been hunting this area, I think for like 10, 15 years, and I've never not found turkeys in this area. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's all, it's well, all hey, I've talked to other people who've said precisely the opposite, though. Yeah, I've, I've talked to some other people. So, I mean, it's, it, it but it's again, it's kind of like what they, they were talking about, um, Jim and uh, Chase's. There's no one thing across the country that's causing like the same kind of potential population decline across the country. What might be different in one area, what, what's happening in one area could be completely different situation somewhere else because everything's so different from you know agriculture, non-ag, different terrain types, region of the country, all kinds of different factors that all you know play out, and whether or not truly you know is there other outlying factors of just birds, especially being not vocal uh, yeah. potentially. Because a lot of times people go out there like, well, I normally hear birds like starting this week. And I didn't hear a single bird. Doesn't mean they're not there. Just mm-hmm. they might, they just weren't gobbling when you were there too. 
So there's a bunch of different factors there. So yeah, and, and populations are local. I mean, 20 minutes up the road, you could have tons of turkeys, and then you know, 20 minutes in the other direction, you might have very little. Was it uh, Chase? Someone was talking about recently. No, it wasn't them. It was when we were talking with Lane and Lacey, Chad and uh, and Matt talking about a good hatch, like if a good versus bad hatch. Mm-hmm. Like you could have a couple of years of just bad hatches, and like there's no like there's very few jakes very few gobblers you just it's like it really does a huge aspect like you have like bad flooding happens and like yeah. a lot of rain like just after they hatch like sometime like in you know may time frame like really bad rains or june and just wipe out a whole hatch and he's like you had that for a couple of years then next thing you know you have a huge population decline in one area but does it only take just one or two good hatches to get it back on track? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's another factor is like, is it just, we've had a couple bad years of bad hatches and you know, there's different outlying factors and we just need a couple good hatches to happen and then we're back on track or is there something else happening that we just don't know about yet? Yeah. And I think it might've been Jim or I, we've been doing so many podcasts. Oh, listen, don't, I don't know. You did a couple while you're there. I don't Me? Well, I'm talking about just lately <laughs> in general. Cause I'm saying, I don't know if it was Jim or somebody in Montgomery who was saying, uh, you know, we had we had the good we had weather good enough for a good hatch. Like hatches are, are very correlated to like what weather conditions you have, like floods, like you mm-hmm. just mentioned. We had like two two years of good hatch weather, but we didn't have good hatches. And so that that's one thing that they're wanting to look at. I can't remember if it was someone on Montgomery. Yeah, I can't. Remember. Was, I remember that conversation. I can't remember who said it though. And then like fire ants and like all these other kind of co- you know questions. So yep. Anyway. But other than that, dude, this is a good conversation. So yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm excited for them to get off the ground and see what they can, they're, what they, they can figure out. They're now accepting memberships, so of course you can go over yep. to it was a tft.org. <laughs> I think it's turkeysfortomorrow.org. I mean, Google them, you'll find them. Definitely find look them up on social media, you'll find them. Excited to see whatever they can get going and whatever they can figure out and whatever they study with the these uh, or whatever they find of these three studies here in Alabama. Um, but anyways, we're here at 57 minutes. Uh, Jacob, you going to go kill some, uh, swamp rabbits in the morning? Uh, either that or just miss them. I felt kind of off of it cause I was talking all this mad crap about being like a rabbit killer. And then we went on that snipe hunt, which like brought me back down to reality. And then we went <laughs> rabbit hunting again, which we haven't talked about with Mr. Benny, uh, this past Saturday. Yep. This past Saturday. And, uh, and it was, it was terrible, dude. I, I freaking shot at a swamp rabbit at like 10 yards. Thought I hit it. Didn't freaking, I don't know. I don't know what happened. And then freaking mm-hmm. had another cottontail come screaming by me. Screwed that. Screwed the pooch on that. Didn't even shoot. Just should have shot. And yeah, it was, I, I, was, I wasn't on my game, but Andrew killed three I, in the mm, thicket. Andrew well, had well, himself a day. Hey, so. we're, we're going to save it because we don't need to talk about it now because I, I got to leave. You know, got to get out of here. But uh, we'll talk about save it, on it ne- for the next, next week's outro. But, Must yeah. have been nice to be off last weekend. Hey, bud. Three swampers, baby. Three swampers. Hey, we go out Wednesday, bro. You want to come tomorrow? You could be going tomorrow instead of sleeping. But you know, yeah, dude, no, forget no, that. I gotta go to work it. tomorrow night. <laughs> well, that's not a good idea for me not sleep tomorrow. No, listen, you just you go hunt until like eleven with enough back, caffeine. Anything sleep is for a few hours, dude. <laughs> just wing it, bro, and just go to work. Yeah. Caffeine, but, baby. Hey, dude, these dogs. I'll say this one thing because I know we gotta cut this off. It's one thing about those dogs. Those dogs are so high drive. There's a creek on the property. Oh, yeah. We ran this one rabbit for two hours. Okay, it's a big mm. swamp rabbit. I ended up killing it. Literally, I was like. God. I was pissed at this rabbit. I was. I, I, says, I was I, like, I'm gonna kill this. I said thing. some choice words. Andrew finally killed him. Not to jump. We're gonna tell that story next week. But like, Andrew's gonna tell you about the dogs jumping to the creek. But like, when he killed it, I was, I was thrilled. 
three. Just because somebody. I'm like, thank God it's over. I'm not exaggerating. We ran that rabbit for two hours. Like, like Mr. Benny was like, that's probably the longest rabbit chase they've ever ran, period. Yeah. He actually killed he, it. He, oh. When I killed it, he came up and looked at it. And he was like, he's like you ought to get that mounted. He's like, we're getting that one mounted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's like, that's as hard as they come right there. Because this thicket is the worst thicket I've ever been in in my life, period. Bar none. No exaggeration. The worst. It is nothing but those... Big freaking red briars. Like I don't know if it's normal blackberries or what. Huge briars. They're seven, seven to twelve feet tall. Okay. Oh. Now, Andrew, really over exaggerated. No. One little spot. They were majority of the place. Probably, probably seven foot tall. Yeah, I give you that. I never saw twelve foot tall. You saw twelve foot tall. I got so that 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 food plot we cut loose on the backside of. Yeah. I if you go all the way back off that food plot. Next to the creek, dude, I'm telling you, they were like 12 feet tall. And the other food plot where I killed that swamper we ran for two hours, there's like a little levee-looking thing on the back of it, like this rise. And if you dump off the backside of that rise, these briars are 12 feet tall. I'm serious. Like, they were the tallest briars I've ever seen. And it's like a, a wall and of briars. Un, like, literally, it's a red wall. Like, and the rabbits were running through it because like, they can get like through the bottom of it. And it's yeah. like, it's... It was terrible. It was like established briars. Like, I mean, they're like little trees at the bottoms. Also, you can see like on my pants, I was wearing those sawbuck pants from First Light. You can see like where the protection wasn't at on the side of my legs. So like it covers from like mid-thigh down yeah. on the front of your legs. And I have a defined line of like holes in my leg <laughs> on the <laughs> outside. Like for real, like dude, like right here on the backside of my knees freaking tore up. Dude, it was bad. Oh my gosh, it was bad. But yeah, mo- most of the briars in most places were I- about... Head level with you. Okay, real quick. Talk about the dogs jumping to the creek and how far they jump. <laughs> Jacob's like, I gotta we're, go. we're gonna wrap it up. So usually I'm the one doing this. So uh the but these dogs do. So running this rabbit for like two hours. We we run it's probably at the hour and a half ish mark, maybe uh-huh. hour twenty five. What do you think? Yeah, probably hour twenty five. So about hour twenty five mark. Um still a while before we killed it, but this rabbit goes and crosses the creek. And this creek is like pretty high banks. I mean, what would you say? Uh, eight. six foot, six eight foot banks. No, nah, probably yeah, probably eight foot, easy. So it goes down and, and the water's like maybe a foot or two deep. I know yeah. when I'm down in there, I'm like looking up. I can't like you can't see anything. You can't see out of it's, it. Uh, it's straight, straight cut. If bank. you fell into that creek, you'd be hurt. You know, you'd, you'd be hurt. You'd break your leg or yeah, something. You'd be hurt. So these dogs, dude, this this rabbit goes down in the creek, comes up the other side, and it's like shaking off or whatever on the other side. And those dogs pop out of the thicket and see it over there. Yeah, dude, these beagles, there's 10 of them, 10 beagles, 13-inch beagles, and they just go bailing off. No, no hesitation. No hesitation. I'm dude. talking just, like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bail off beagle. this thing, dude. Hit hit the water. They're still like, they're like doggy paddling, like, like trying to, trying to uh, they're getting swept away by the current, and they're just like paddling as hard as they can, barking still, trying to get up the other bank. They got up there. Ran it for another thirty to forty-five minutes, and then I finally killed the thing. Yeah, because you, you took the cheap route. We, I crossed the creek. Colton crossed the creek. Colton got See, this, wet. this is what I'm talking about. The reason I turned around and came out is because the briars were so tall and thick. They were like they were seriously well above seven feet tall. They were so tall and you thick. Have the, you have the. I couldn't make it. You have the briars suit, dude. dude it doesn't I, matter when I'll, they're eight feet tall. <laughs> you just get to pushing, dude. Dude, I couldn't make it to the creek, so I came out and I hitched a ride on old boy's truck. And we drove all the way around to get to the other side of the creek. I mean, Colton went in there like, you know. And then I, I walked about seven and a half yards off the road and killed the rabbit over there. I came off a food plot, walked a little bit into the road, and I could hear the beagles coming. And I was on the phone with Jacob, and I was like, hey, hold on, the dogs are coming, or something like that. We get off the phone, and 
I'm like, man, they're these rabbits. They're not running in the openings. They're staying in like the thick stuff because we're watching openings. They're just not coming through. They'll come to the edge, and you know, like you openings in the thick. Guys, you better wrap this. I'm dude, out of here, dude. Did you hear something? And then the dogs come by a few minutes later and run like right there. You're like, crap, he was right there. Yeah, you can hear him running through. Like you hear, <coughs> you hear the rabbit run. You're like, was that a rabbit? And then the dogs come right behind it. You know, a minute two later, yeah. That no, happened dude. a couple times for was, me. Yeah. And then, yeah, that joker came through right underneath all those really tall briars. And I double tapped him. I wasn't taking a chance. <laughs> Two dude, hours. Hey, you got to do. Dude, his shotgun sounds so, like out of all. Everyone his, out there shooting 20 gauges is like. The, it, it, when Andrew shot, it was like. Boom! And I'm like, what? It sounded like a rifle going off. And then he like, it was delayed. Because a lot of times these guys like we hunt with, like they're shooting like, they'll shoot multiple times. They're all shooting automatics. And they're like, ah, ah, like shooting real quick. And, uh. Andrew, you know, he's shooting his, you know, two trigger double barrel CZ, and he's like, boom, I hear boom, boom. I'm like, that was a delayed shot. Like the second one, hey, I like, can shoot that Joker quick. But it's so thick. I'm like, I'm like, he uh, guaranteed he missed that. If uh, he shot that late, he missed it. And then like the dogs got quiet, and, and I'm like, I screamed because I could hear Andrew. I was like, I was like, Andrew, did you shoot it? Blah blah blah. Anyways, you're like, I got it. And then they came across I the radio. He came across the radio. Like, I got it. We killed. Yeah, male, just, male, swamp rabbit. Uh, I, was like, I, was, I was like, is it a swamp rabbit or a cottontail? I was like, please let it be a swamp rabbit because there's no way and we I were running like, stupid cotton. I was like, it's a swamp rabbit. We were, I was so happy. I was Everyone like, out in the thickets cheering. Dude, we were out <laughs> in the hell, on top, hell hole, dude. Hell hole. Like brutal. Like, yeah, when he came through, dude, I, like the the dogs were like all over him. Not not right on him where like I couldn't shoot it, but they were very close to the rabbit. I mean, they were like, I don't know, 10 yards to my left. The rabbit was like five yards in front of me when I saw him. He pops out and I shoot and he's like, he starts flailing around. So I was like, I'm going to shoot him again. Cause he's like in the stick and I can't get to him. Just right go ahead then. and end it. Yeah. I was like, I'm not taking a chance. Like they've literally ran this thing for two hours. I mean, the dogs are going to like run themselves to death or something. It was crazy. But yeah, that was a fun rabbit hunt, dude. First time I've ever killed three swampers in a day. It's so. a good day. We And the beagles that day we ran six and we killed six. So it was, <laughs> it was a great day. Tons of rabbits. It was just so thick you couldn't. We if if there was like lanes cutting that stuff, dude. I don't know how many rabbits we could have killed. We could have killed a bunch. Even uh, like it was the most swamp rabbit sign I've seen down there. In that that last thing that you shot your rabbit in, Andrew. Oh my uh, gosh! There but girdling trees in there. Yeah, like you're watch like walking through in the shrubs and like I heard uh, like the guy uh, Matt and Chad from Land Legacy. They were talking about their property or Matt and uh, not Matt uh, Chad and. Adam's family farm and their property that, you know, there's so much rabbits now out there because of all the cutting they've done that you can literally, when they're running fires, you can go out there and see where they're girdling trees and like shrubs, like they're like chewing the bark off. And I found that all down in there in the swamp rabbit sign, like they're pooping on every freaking stump in there. Yeah, every and, log's got swamp rabbit. Well, you wouldn't know because you didn't go down in there. But oh, yeah, even the ones up on the hill, dude. Yeah, all covered. And uh, even Ben. <laughs> Jake ben, is a little salty. Yeah, say, I, super, just you, I just hear you complain listen, about look, him working smarter, not harder. Bro, listen, he's got, I got the rabbit. He, he, boy. He's, he's got the, this freaking bomb suit he wears, this freaking briar suit. And dude, he, I'm going to show he, up next year. He, everybody out there is going to own I'm, I'm wearing. Everyone's I'm, I'm buying. Listen, I'm buying the. I'm buying the. I'm buying the, the bibs, the Dan's bibs, briar bibs, and I'm buying the Dan's jacket. And I'm going to get me some gloves and a freaking face mask. I'm, get, I'm getting the jacket next. Yeah, like, for sure. Or the, the jacket vest. Because you're talking about having a line on your leg where you weren't protected. Yeah. I had a line on my back and on like the fronts of my arms yeah. where I wasn't protected there. In my hand, yeah, hands. Which they look a lot better now. But, uh, but that's how tall the briar. No, are, no, no, I'm super salty, super, super salty because Andrew did not get out and fix stuff. He was hunting. He was with all the old guys nothing gets old guys <laughs> with all the old guys around the side of the road and me and old me and colton the real g's out there and, and mr ben george we were down in that thick stuff with no protection 
Uh-huh. Yep. Hey, you know, work smarter, not harder. That's right. Hey, I was and Andrew, killed, Andrew killed three, and me, Ben, and Colton didn't kill a damn rabbit. That's a, <laughs> Hey, that's the first time I've ever turkey hunted. I mean, turkey hunted. That's the first time I've ever rabbit hunted where uh, Colton and Benny both struck out. That never happened. They were both killers, dude. They were both killers. <laughs> Jacob, yeah, he's he's earning his stripes. He's getting there. Yeah, listen, all, all the guys in the group, because they're, I mean, they're all older gentlemen, like, for the most part, other than like Adam, which is a Jeff's son, like Jeff's probably in his sixties, maybe seventies. Like I don't know. You know, bit, you know, Ben's up there, and a lot of these other guys are up there too. And it's kind of funny because like they saw me show like, "Oh, Jacob, you came back. I guess we're gonna kill some rabbits today." <laughs> that was like the first thing Jeff said when we yeah, got out of the truck. That's what dude. they say, man. They need us young folks to get in there and get in the thickets because yeah. like they ain't doing it. They're they're gonna stand on the road. They're like, man, I'm too old to go. Absolutely. Hey, listen, and they killed rabbit. Jeff killed a rabbit or two rabbits. I don't know. Jeff killed two. I killed three, three. and uh, Alan killed one. What a killer! Um, Alan's uh, a killer too. Yeah, for real. Man, uh, that, that one rabbit was coming by. Hey, let me tell you, that one rabbit was coming by, and I look over oh, at where yeah. the beagles are pointing to, and it, it's it's Colton and Allen sitting there. I'm like, that rabbit ain't got a chance, dude. They're two rabbit killers, son. Rabbit killers. Anyways, <laughs> Jacob's all salty over there. <laughs> I've never seen him complain this much about the length of a podcast episode. I'm, I'm so tired right now. That's because he's got to be up in a few hours. I'm not looking forward to it at all. Oh, this is a child's play, dude. And it's going to be I've hot. A lot I wish worse. it was going to be cold tomorrow. It's going to be so hot tomorrow, too, because we can only run. He said we're only probably going to run until 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sucks. same Saturday. It's kind of a bummer, but yeah, it is what it is. Dude, we were in like two, almost 2 o'clock Saturday. Yeah, it's is getting cold all day. It's oh, perfect. All right, all right, all right. Save it for next week, son. <laughs> Save it for next week. Guys, appreciate you listening to the podcast. Like, subscribe, share it with all your buddies. And hey, Michael didn't say this earlier on the main episode, but uh, y'all got anything else? Nah, that's all I got. Great. Share the podcast. Y'all stay Southern. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes coming out. And help us grow the community by sharing this podcast with a friend. Hey, everybody. This is Kyle Veet, host of the Ozark Podcast a show where we sit down with outdoorsmen of the Ozark Mountains region to talk all things hunting and fishing. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts on everything from bear hunting, to fishing for smallmouth and trout, and discussing big questions like what happened to all the quail in the Southeast. If you're enjoying this show, then I know you'll enjoy the Ozark podcast. You can listen to the show on all podcasting platforms and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.